0: Welcome to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast presented by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Emily Purcell. Each week for the next year, you'll hear an essay from our book read by the author. Igniting the Fire Within is a collection of stories of healing, hope, and humor, offering an insider's view into today's young breast cancer community. We compiled 50 essays from people diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. There's medicine for each of us in these stories, whether you've been personally diagnosed with cancer or not. Wildfire stories in general, but especially the ones you'll hear from Igniting the Fire Within, are stories of transformation. Our storytellers experienced a shift in perspective as a result of something that happened to them. And the cancer diagnosis was not the thing that happened, or it wasn't the only thing. The cancer diagnosis was merely the catalyst later changes that led our writers to understand the deep truths about the world each one of them learned lessons that showed them what it is to live not just survive in the glare of cancer we believe deeply that the stories that change us aren't so much about what happened as they are about what came next and hearing those stories true stories of transformation that's what ignites the fire within each of us a listener note before we dive in Cancer is a salty business. Sometimes talking about it and the aftermath requires salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Today's storyteller is Denise Archer. Denise is a sewist and writer. At 45, she was diagnosed with stage 2 triple negative breast cancer. Her essay is called Dynamite for the Dinner Table. Every month
1: we stake our claim around the wooden circular table, a comfort for thousands of past and future elbows. It comes with a matching set of heavy wooden chairs, the seats and armrests polished to a shine from all the people who've passed through them. Our hands wrap around warm mugs of coffee or tea. Often there are little white plates with baked goods poised on top. We talk about life, vacations, bucket lists, loved ones, anything on our mind, really. My husband was curious if I would get tattooed nipples on my foob, Serena says. I don't care if he's creeped out by them. We respond unfazed. I'm scheduled to have sex with my husband next Wednesday, Sky says, at a later coffee. She just had her uterus removed. Gallons of lube is all you need, I say. My vag is as dry as my arm. Jen's hurts, to the point of needing a special numbing cream for sex. But doesn't that numb your partner schlong, a few of us wonder? She says no, but I doubt she'd give it up even if it did. At another coffee, Emily chats about the electrolysis done to her chin. Apparently, menopause caused her to grow a beard. She could join a circus. We all talk about how we're practically bald down there and with few hairs on our pits and brows. But the one soft, delicate features around our jawline and mouth is another matter. Menopause made your pubes migrate to your face, I say. We all laugh and my voice cracks and ends in cackles. Thank you for this too, menopause. I've talked to my doctor and I've reviewed my finances, Mindy announced at the table one day. I'm retiring next month. We all cheer even though we know what this means. Mindy's lazy cancer is doing its job. Haley has already retired. She was a teacher, but now she's living her best life with her two young daughters, husband and her mother, who's also her best friend. We envy Haley's relationship with her mom. Jen can't sit with us every time because she owns the coffee shop and is sometimes short an employee. But on this day, Jen's at the table reviewing a stack of paperwork nested in a manila folder. I lean in curious. I'm trying to figure out when my cancer will return, Jen says. We're both squinting at a tiny graph, so small, all I can see is fuzzy lines. Fucking chemo killed my eyesight, I say, and slide readers onto my face. Jen's prognosis for a recurrence seems to increase every year she's alive so that by year five, she has a 60% chance of making it. Jen had been flung from an initial stage four diagnosis to stage three and has landed back at three and a half on the cancer meter because the entire track of lymph nodes along her arm was involved. By contrast, Skye has the best chance. She caught her cancer at stage zero and she didn't mess around, just cut them off and went flat, no filigree about it. She says it took her three slices of pizza to get over what she had done to her body. My life is definitely better since I had cancer, Emily says. This, from Emily, who is still jacked up on antidepressants to stop the incessant tears. Becca and I nod in agreement. It sounds crazy, queen cancer anointing us with a better life, but there's a seize-the-day awareness that the three of us cannot give up. We like the high. I know the rest would disagree, perhaps even call it cheap thrills and a big steaming pile of horseshit. Becca finally gets her deep flap reconstruction after a year of wearing her expander. She has to return for a final touch-up surgery and ends up being squeezed into a black compression catsuit for weeks after. I imagine her walking around her kitchen with a sponge in her hand when she should be carrying a whip. I met Becca after a friend sent me a text. I know someone who was just diagnosed with breast cancer. Can you talk to her? Serena and Jen came by the same way. Mindy had seen my bald head at the elementary school graduation and reached out. Becca invited Emily. Haley was brought in by another friend who joined our group for a short while before she found a job. And an old college buddy connected me to Sky, who had already gone through what I was just about to get into. I'm scheduled to be interviewed for a podcast about sewing through cancer. Everyone gives me unanimous consent to share details of their experiences, and I'm both stunned and moved by their trust. Haley insists that I use her full name. Okay, Haley Ray. Sky too. All right, Sky labeled. My stomach roils under the weight of this responsibility. I don't believe I can do my friends justice. Rewind to the year before when everything still felt innocent. Sky goes underground. After missing her second coffee in a row, I receive a text. They found multiple tumors in my liver. I have a year to live. What? Stage zero, Sky. The next two days are an explosion of tests, texts shot back and forth and across the group. I love you, Sky. We love you. More news is shared. It's worse than they thought. I have months, maybe weeks. Then weeks turn to days when Skye descends into liver failure and is too floppy to lift her head up from the hospital bed. We love you, Skye. We love you, we love you, we love you. We meet at Jen's coffee shop, sit down wide-eyed and speechless. The table holds the weight of 14 elbows. Becca's face is a silent stream of tears. Jen's sobbing isn't so quiet. We decide to make Sky a dying shawl out of silk with our names embroidered on it. And for two days, my tireless fingers work on the embroidery. I go to bed at midnight and wake up early, hoping it isn't too late. But Sky's insurance finally approves an infusion of Herceptin. And just like that, she perks up. The next nine months are rough as Sky slogs through chemo, radiation to the brain, and physical therapy. 14 months later, she's still here, taking pictures at her son's football games and watching her daughter do homework in the kitchen. If there was a choice, perhaps some of us would be the ones underneath the bleachers taking long drags of cigarettes while the world above us cheers at the illuminated field. But we didn't get that choice, so we huddle close together the cold, damp ground beneath our feet and pass that cigarette between us. Inhale, inhale, inhale. The relief of an exhale is a myth, you see. We inhale the worries and fears, inhale the guilt, inhale our lost dreams and the lies we speak that everything's okay. Inhale our friends' declines and eventual deaths and the healthy pouty-pouty-faced people inconvenienced by home decor issues and a Starbucks too far away from their hood. We just keep sucking it down. Skye doesn't show up much for coffee anymore. Sometimes I just can't be around all of you who are so happy, she says. Sorry. We could gaze downward, peer into our mugs of whatever liquid warmth is required to jumpstart a day. Instead, we lift our faces and look into her eyes and nod. Our worst fear stares back at us. Keep sucking it down, girlfriends. You're mistaken if you think you're in a line. You're stuck in a circle and that cigarette ringed with pink lipstick will keep coming back to you. I'm getting tired, guys, Haley says. She's reached the point where she should be dead. But her body keeps chugging along changed by her cancer. I wonder if Haley, Mindy, and Skye recognize that they're the ones who'll most likely have grandchildren named after them. And then this. A week ago, Haley's mom dies from a routine surgery. Her rock, her best friend. The irony that we all have a combined 40-plus surgeries, some more complicated than others, is not lost. How can Haley possibly do this next phase without her? She's heartbroken, depleted, confused, but manages to send us a text. I finally have a silver lining regarding cancer. Without it, I wouldn't have spent nearly as much time with my mom as I have these last three years. Serena replies that Haley's sentiment messes with her head. And then today, a text from Skye. Bad news, new tumors in my brain. She's devastated, we all are, but we'll pick that scab of vulnerability wide open, let it bleed onto our table. I'm not so sure most people could do that, but my crew can. It's quite possibly the bravest act we will ever do.
0: I'm Emily Purcell, and you've been listening to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn. Check us out at wildfirecommunity.org to order your copy of the book so you can read along each week. You'll also find our magazine and storytelling workshops there. Big thanks to our producer, Bill Smith of Shoe Production and our production assistant, Monica Haro. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like what you hear, tell your best friend, tell your mom, tell your oncologist. I mean, really tell everyone you know, or head into your podcast app and leave us a starred review to help others find their way to igniting their own fire within.